Scramble podcast. On today's episode, we are marking the announcement of the lineup of the 2021 Glasgow Film Festival. Due to the ongoing pandemic, the festival this year will be completely online. After today's press launch, a Q&A session was set up where the co-directors of the film festival, Alison Gardner and Alan Hunter, discussed the various aspects of this very, very unique festival. The following is a brief extract from it where they fielded questions from various media outlets. The first voice you will hear is Ruth Marsh, who is chairing the Q&A. Hope you enjoy it. So first question is from Mike Rosser at Screen International. First to say congrats on a great lineup. Thank you, Mike. I'm wondering, did you lose any films as a result of going online only or did you manage to secure them all due to the hybrid format that you were previously planning? That's a really good question. We don't think we, we probably lost maybe one or two uh, films and probably that was due to their contractual obligations around theatrical screenings and not but we've managed to secure nearly everything that was going to be in the cinema and online so it's pretty much as close to our original program I think as it um, was originally envisaged Alan wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that distributors, sales agents, etc., have been really understanding and really loyal and stuck with us. And I think, um, to a large extent, that's a testimony to Alison um, because they work with her all year round. They know they can trust her. They know that um, she'll give them a great kind of showcase for the film. And so I think we've been really lucky that they have just trusted Alison trusted the festival and, and stayed with us in general. Thank you. Uh, another question from Amy Smith at Film for Thought. So she's wondering, have you chosen what platform the films will stream on? Um, so this would be a good chance to chat maybe a bit more about Glasgow Film at Home and how that developed and how people will will physically watch the, the films at this year's festival. Yeah, Glasgow Film at Home is our new streaming platform powered by Shift72, an industry standard now amongst festivals. And we're using, for the P&I screenings, for example, we're using the same separate VIP platform, if you like, that Toronto International Film Festival also used. So it has been a big investment for us, but it's the right investment. For the public viewing, it's a great platform. We've been trialling it for since November. I don't like to just <laughs> start things when the festival starts. It makes me very nervous. So we have been trialling it, finessing it, making sure we can really give the audience the best possible experience we can online. Thank you, Alison. Um, I suppose just a, a general question about how you're planning and, and hoping to keep the spirit of Glasgow Film Festival you know, alive while it's moving online because it's very much as the, the film festival for audiences. You know, when we think of Glasgow Film Festival, we think of those audiences. So how are you you planning to, to help that translate online? Good question. Um, I mean, there will be Q&As with the films. I think it's partly reflected in the programme as well because one of the things that people always say about Glasgow is they like the kind of eclectic nature of the programme. And I think... Being online this year hasn't diluted that in any way. Um, so we still have Fright Fest titles. We still have Frederick Wiseman's four and a half hour documentary, City Hall. So, you know, the spirit of the festival is in the spirit of the films that are in the programme. And hopefully some of the, the Q&As and introductions and filmmakers that are involving themselves in the presentations will also kind of help to keep that bubbling along with it. Right. 
Thanks, Alan. So a question from Jamie Dunn at The Skinny, who is wondering if you could give us a flavour of the type of live elements that will be in the programme this year, if any. So Q&As, watch-alongs, intros, those kind of things. So as Alan said earlier, there will be introductions, pre-recorded introductions from the filmmakers, and we're working on that schedule right now. And also <clears throat> hope to have things like virtual bar rooms so that we can talk about films. This is this is this is something I'm really keen on because I think it's it's quite difficult to connect digitally in the way that we normally would. So normally Alan and I are wandering around the building and people chat to us and tell us what they love and what they don't like and it's, it's a different experience. So I would hope that people would use social media, use the things that the tools that are there to let us know their thoughts. Feedback is crucial in this process to us because this is our first online completely festival. Going forward, there will still be elements online because we're hoping it will be able to reach out to people who can't come to Glasgow for a variety of reasons in terms of access, for example. So it will still always be there as because we've invested a lot of time and effort and money into the platform, but it will be a different experience. But I do hope that we can hear what you have to say and please do feedback. Obviously, you'll love every single film, <laughs> obviously, obviously. And remember the ones you don't like, chosen by Alan. <laughs> traditional, it's traditional. traditional. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you. John at Movie Scramble was wondering, were the number of submissions affected this year with so many productions having to shut down last year? Um, I don't actually think they were. I mean, it was roughly the same. Um, I think, you know, the fact of, of what um, the whole industry has experienced over the last year, in some cases there's been less places to show your films. So at some point there's going to be you know, a glut of productions looking for a home or a showcase. And I think the, the thing for filmmakers really was making that decision of whether you, you know, hold out for a distant horizon when you can get that theatrical release that you always wanted, or whether you're just like, let's get this film out. I want my film seen. I want it somewhere that I know will give it a sympathetic launch. So, yeah, and there's a, there's a number, I think, roughly... Um, the same number of submissions have wound up in the programme, um, which is a really good thing. Um, so, yeah, I think we've, I think we've been lucky. Um, I think we've had a, a really good quality of submissions as well. Great. Thanks, Alan. Jamie Graham from Total Film was wondering, so how many movies will the festival be showing in total? And how was the experience choosing them this year without the aid of attending other festivals and watching them on the big screen with audiences? So there's probably going to be about 62 films, I think. I'm just speaking off the top of my head. From <laughs> Could you be more precise? Uh, <laughs> 62. So that, that's great and really, really um, happy there. It's been more difficult because obviously uh, we've watched a lot more, but we have had, we traditionally have about 180 features so it's about, you know, a third, if you like, of the, the normal programme. So we haven't had to do so much work. But again, with Cannes being cancelled last year, possibly moving this year, <laughs> Toronto not happening physically for us, although there was online Cannes and online Toronto, it hasn't been that difficult, I don't think, to access films. The only thing I really missed was the quality of rosé I was serving myself when I was doing virtual can. It really wasn't up to par. <laughs> Yeah, we need to address that this year and do yeah. something about that. Um, it's strange in a way because the only thing that was different is that you were doing a lot of your viewing at home. Um, so you are still seeing can titles, you are still seeing TIFF titles, um, uh, festivals that happened that were online. 
And in that respect of it being a, a smaller program, then I think you just had to think even harder. Do I really, really like this? Do I really feel there's something exciting about this film? So, you know, in a strange way, maybe the quality threshold has got even higher uh, this year because you really had to be passionate about a film. If you thought about something and thought, actually, I quite like this. I think there's some elements of it that are good. There's maybe an audience for this. Then that just kind of wasn't good enough this year because you knew there was only going to be these 60, 62 kind of slots to fill. So it's all kind of passionately supported films in the programme because of that. Right. Thank you, Ellen. I've got, I was wondering if you had to pull out one kind of hidden gem from the programme or one film that you think audiences should, should take a, a chance on and, and watch, what would, it, what would it be? Well, there's 62 of them, I think, that I'd want to. <laughs> Just off the top of my head, there was a film that um, I saw, um, that we saw really early on, which is Sweetheart uh, from Marley Morrison, which is a world premiere, her first film, and it's a coming-of-age teenage girl on a family holiday where she really doesn't want to be there. All the conflicts with her family, her kind of working out her sexuality. And it's just fresh and funny and British and uh, just full of promise from both the, the actor and the, the director. So I would give Sweetheart a rousing endorsement. Thank you, Alison. I would say Riders of Justice, because Mads Mikkelsen has possibly the best beard ever in this. Ah, And it's, um, sorry, sorry, Alan. (laughs) And um, it's just, it's quite violent, but super funny as well. And it was one of the films I was like, watching and like with my headphones on and guffawing out loud so much my husband was coming through saying what's so funny and I was like nothing to do with you it's private this private festival business so there's a a question from Jenny Kermode in the Q&A she's asking how did we aim to maintain a Glaswegian flavour in the festival under these difficult different circumstances I think Jenny, once again, what Alan would say as well as myself is we just try to maintain the same programming ethos of quality films, diversity across the board, making sure that we had films from across the the world, for example, so we've got a South Korean focus. Um, We've maintained that. We've maintained our Fright Fest connection. It's really just maintaining those connections and there might be less films for example, but they're still, it maintains the ethos of cinema for all, I think, in there, that that is the guiding principle of the Glasgow Film Festival. That's fantastic. Thank you. And Pauline McLean from BBC Scotland had said, there's always at least one Marmite film which Alan or Alison loves and the other hates. Is there one in this year's programme? I'm not sure there is, actually. (laughs) I know it's it's quite traditional, isn't there? Uh, (laughs) um, um, Last year... Yes, there's definitely one last year. <laughs> Baddie. Yeah. Baddie was last year's one. Baddie, yes. I don't think there is this year. Um, again, it's, yeah. it's going back to that, you know, the films that are in the programme have to be really, really good to claim one of those 60 slots. So I guess if there had been the equivalent of, I really can't stand this film, but Alison loves it, then it wouldn't have gone in, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there was a, a great deal of consent. When you get to something like uh, Riders of Justice, that everyone's like, this is fantastic. Um, then there's like, there's no doubt about it. So 
I think there's maybe more films that there's no doubt about on our part. And also, I think because we were um, so busy, there was a lot more logistics, if you like, around this type of festival, because it's a little bit like planning on quicksand <laughs> in the current situation. So obviously, um, as most people out there will know, we had 23 fantastic partner venues on board. And I would really like to thank them because they came on board willingly and they were great partners but unfortunately circumstances changed in between Christmas and New Year with this new uh, difficult situation we find ourselves in. We just at that point took the decision that there would be no cinemas open and able to screen films and I think that has been the wise and correct decision to make so that, that we were able to pivot and we had all the pins in position if you like to just pivot everything online quite quickly. So there's been a lot more logistics, if you like. So I haven't yep. watched all the films that Alan's watched, so there may be one in there that I don't like. <laughs> Alan hasn't watched all the ones that I've watched because we've been doing so many other different things. But Alan's choices have been absolutely superb, as always. I take my hat off to <laughs> pure total excellence. Silver tongue charm that you are. <laughs> A question from Lindsay from Radio Clyde News, which leads on to from what you were just saying there, which is a tough one to sum up, she's sure, but just how difficult a year has it been for the film industry and why is it so important to you to make sure that GFF still went ahead? There was no doubt that GFF was going to go ahead. I'll let Alan pick up on that. I was just going to say that obviously it's been, as they say, hugely challenging for all aspects of the industry. But the thing uh, with Glasgow this year is to look at the circumstances you're in and find the positives out of that and the opportunities and the fact that we are going to be online, uh, that there is a digital platform. Um, we kind of embrace as an idea, well, here's a chance for people that for whatever reason maybe can't physically come to Glasgow in a normal year to get a taste of the festival, to experience the festival. Um, and it's, it's strange, just anecdotally, people that have picked up on some things that are in the programme already, uh, like Eye of the Storm, the Anthony Baxter documentary, and saying to me, oh, all right, I'll maybe have a look at that. And I'm thinking, and I know that you probably would not have journeyed to Glasgow to see that. So it's looking at those positives and thinking, well, you know, we can still do a really good programme. We can still give people a chance to see films by staying safe, staying home and watching movies. So it's, yeah, it's looking at the positives from, yeah, what's been a really difficult year for, for cinemas, production, you name it. I don't think anybody's had it easy. And, and my genuine belief in all of this is that we will come, certainly Glasgow Film and Glasgow Film Festival will come out of this stronger because we have maintained our loyal audience. Uh, we will um, have done our very best to present a curatorial programme for Glasgow Film Festival. We've been working um, on outreach behind the scenes at Glasgow Film Festival theatre all year round. We have at Glasgow Film maintained all our staff, um, just something that is really important to us. We have been paying our staff 100% of their wages for our front of house operatives. We have been paying those front of house operatives their contracted hours. We have no zero hour contracts at GFT, plus a percentage of overtime based on what they had earned last year. So I think it's really important that you treat people well. And so our staff are very appreciative of that. So that's a huge Plus, and I think that's the right thing to do. And that means that we will come out of this stronger, happier, healthier. And so I look forward to reopening the doors of Glasgow Film Theatre and for GFF 22. Oh, thank you. Isaac. We've got a couple more quick questions, if you're okay to run. Sure. So Kaz from In Their Own League, which is a website that specialises 
in covering work by female directors. Will there be limits on the numbers of people who can attend public or press screenings as some other festivals have done? Yes. Um, so I don't you want to answer yeah. the, the public there's element. There's a cap on the public attendances, so buy your tickets quick. That's my thing. And then there's also a, a cap on the P&I screenings as well. But it's quite a generous cap. So, yes, we've done the same as other festivals. We've taken advice from other festivals. We've been talking a lot to London Film Festival, for example, who've been very generous in sharing information about what those numbers might be. So we've made sensible decisions. Thank you, Alison. Yes, I suppose just to reiterate for, for public viewings, you know, you want people to, to book early because there is a, you know, screenings will sell out in the same way that, you know, opening night at, at GFF would would sell out. So, yeah, the, just to encourage people to, to book quickly if they want to see things. Uh, question from Anna Birdside at the Daily Record. Do you think there's a rise in interest in Korean and Asian films in general after the su- success of Parasite? <clears throat> Very much so. I mean, obviously, in the last couple of years, there's been some some really big commercial successes globally coming out of South Korea. Um, Burning, for instance, was a huge hit. And the the lead actor from that is actually in Minari, which is our opening gala. So nice plug for that. And last year at the festival, we did obviously show the British premiere of the black and white version of Parasite. So I think on the basis of all of that, it was like, let's take a a closer look at South Korean cinema. Um, Let's see what's out there. Um, New filmmakers, there's a a couple of films directed by women in the South Korean focus. Um, So yeah, I think very much people might want to dive into that. And and the film I mentioned earlier is The Man Standing Next, um, which is a really kind of tense, almost all the president's men-ish political thriller based on uh, true events from... Uh, late 70s, I think it is, in South Korea. So um, the the short answer to your question, Anna, is yes. (laughs) Excellent. And two more questions, then we'll just wrap it up. That's okay. So the first one is from David Anderson Cutler from CGII website to say, morning, GFF. Massive congrats. Just skimming through the program and as usual, your LGBT representation is off the scale. Uh, I know the wonderful Limbo has a significant gay storyline. Are there any other wee surprises, anything that you'd highlight for particularly interested in LGBT cinema? I would maybe bring attention to, I mean, there, there is quite a, a, a significant element uh, in the programme, but maybe Poppy Field, which is the story of a, a policeman who is gay, has a relationship, but keeps all that to himself. And then one night is called out to um, a cinema where there is a protest against a queer film screening there. And someone in that audience recognises him. And it just sets off this huge dilemma for him being closeted at work, um, being out um, privately. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting elements in that. Um, And again, Sweetheart, I don't know if I've mentioned Sweetheart, really, Um, (laughs) people might want to see. And Steelers, the the documentary on the the, the 25th anniversary of the first gay rugby team. So, yeah, that's that's a few things. Right. Thank you, Ellen. And uh, final question, just to wrap up from Rosie at Rosie Who's Movie World, who I know is a, a great supporter of the, the festival. So it's an excellent lineup, guys. Really well done. This festival is going to be so different from previous years, but nonetheless will be just as incredible. So always thanks for your, your positivity, Rosie. Thank you. Um, and her question was uh, a nice general one, just to kind of sort of wrap on and leave people with a few more titles to think about is, what films are you looking forward to? 
to most for the audiences to see? So what, what films are you most looking forward to? I think uh, an audience Marmite film might be <laughs> Black Bear, which I really like, the Aubrey Plaza. But I think it's one of those films that you either really go with it or you're really, oh my goodness, not my thing. But it, I would I would urge people to to test that on themselves. I really liked it, Black Bear. I thought it was tremendous. Pauline, um, I would say that I really loved the first half of Black Bear <laughs> <laughs> and have some reservations about the second half. So maybe that answers your earlier question. <laughs> I really can't wait for audiences to finally see Limbo, uh, the Scottish film, which is just terrific. Um, and it was my kind of film of the year for 2020, uh, filmed in Uist, uh, Syrian uh, refugee, asylum seeker, and the, the life that he has there whilst waiting for his application to be processed. And it's just, it looks beautiful. It's, it's a film that kind of breaks your heart and then puts it back together again. And it's Scottish way. So, yeah, um, I can't wait. I think audiences will love that film. I would also add in uh, Under Gods, The Toll, The Mauritanian. <laughs> I think, you know... I'm just going to uh, say all 62 films. <laughs> no, 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 no. But also creation stories as well. It's very particularly Scottish. Mm. So I think that we've got a good balance there. You know, there's a tremendous amount of Scottish talent in there. So that's great that we're supporting as always. Um, but I think that really in amongst a smaller program it's still got the same breadth of something for everyone right thank you well thank you both so much and we will see you at glasgow film festival 2021 cheers thank you everyone bye bye